There you go. Stay on him. Oh, yeah, it's right here. Not much in there. It seems as whatever you did has been swept under a rug. I'm guessing it's a big green one made of Stark money. Hmm? So, you dodged the treason conviction. But you couldn't get out of the dishonorable discharge. Well, I guess money can't buy everything. This looks bad. Bad to every good man who ever served. Bad to your friends, your neighbors. And to the fine folks at the office of immigration. Yeah, I'm putting that on the table. That'll be a fun conversation to have with the wife. Yeah? Honey, pack a bag. Spot a bother. You leave my wife out of this. You dragged her into it when you broke the law with your boss. You pay, she pays. Hmm. He's about to fold. And admit what? If I have my way, Gun. damn near everything. This guy washes Stark's underwear. He knows. Welcome back. Uh, this is uh, episode 157 of Gundam at MAHQ, and uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo. And joining me always is Soulbro and Chris. And uh, Soulbro, say hello. What is up, everybody? And uh, Chris will be joining us a little bit later on in the episode. Uh, he's not going to be joining us for the news, so as there's not going to be any no old timey for this uh, particular episode. So uh, this is episode 157. In this episode, we're only going to be doing one extended topic, and it's our long-awaited halftime uh, thoughts of Gundam Build Fighters Try, the sequel to uh, Gundam Build Fighters, which what came out what the uh, 2013, and then it wrapped up in 2014. Yep. For Bill Fighters, the original Bill Fighters, absolutely. Yeah, the original Bill Fighters. So this is a sequel set a couple years, uh, I think, what, seven, eight years from the original? I believe and, seven, uh, yeah. Like, it, it's the, the same amount of time as uh, the difference between Gundam and Zeta Gundam. I think of it as the Zeta Gundam oh of Build Fighters. <laughs> some faces you'll recognize, some you won't. <laughs> <laughs> And some people will be remarried with different last names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and some people are still 35. When oh. they're still 35. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Previews. <laughs> yes. Teasers. Teasers. Isn't that what they call them in the business? Indeed. As I'm walking over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio. You are the king! You are the king! We're doing some 
Neo's Lister submitted news articles. And uh, as always, if you have any, you can always put them in the Neo's Listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And the first uh, one that we have here is uh, it's, we always start off with an able Australian, Ben Noir. <laughs> and. <laughs> And Silver, I don't have a, a Wii U, but I think you do. Mm-hmm. Are you excited about this Project Giant Robot uh, that's being scheduled to be released in Japan in 2015 and, and the United States in the first half of 2015? Whoa, I didn't even know about this. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, Miyamoto, the guy that um, Zelda probably heard of that game. Mario Brothers, he, all that stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he introduced this Project Giant Robot last year at E3. Mm-hmm. And he says here, quote, players control skyscraping automa- automatons angling the Wii U gamepad in front of the screen while shifting their torsos left and right or, or up and down to maneuver the robot's upper body while tumbling the controller's joysticks to punch or grab, almost like a full-body game of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Ooh. It gives you the gamepad shows you what the robot sees while the TV screen offers a zoom back view, letting onlookers as well as you admire your tromping, plummeting handiwork. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> sounds kind of cool. I mean, it sounds really I, neat. It still won't make me buy a Wii U, but oh. it sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Wielder, and it looks like there's a new trailer for the Gargantia of the Virtuous planet uh, ova their teaser trailer shows that leto's uh story finale so it's uh it's a teaser trailer and a visual for the second and final volume of the original mm-hmm. uh, the ova of gargantia and it features a new character rima and it notes that some other characters there some other uh, voice actors are joining the cast so but their characters have not been released yet so that sounds exciting i, I i've got to check that trailer out i have yet to see it yeah so uh definitely some good stuff there and uh, thank you mr wielder for your submission next one here is going to be coming from vent noir again mm-hmm. and he's got a link here that goes to uh crunchy and it says that bandai's is teasing the h G Gunpla, a build fighters try combining super robot Tyron three. So oh. uh, I guess in wow. episode this is a little bit of a spoiler, but there's uh, episode fourteen. There's a Gundam Tryon three with a sequence of legendary mecha designer Obari, and it resembles the the, the double Zeta and features a uh, Rikun Tryon and a Yumi Tryon and a Soren Tryon, and utilizes utilizes the classic attack of a superhero robot, as such as rocket punches, eye beams, and heat blasts. And uh, on the link here, they show a picture that there seems to be a that they're going to be showing this in an H. HD Gunpla, I'm out. Uh, so HG Gunpla. Sorry about that. that. That's pretty fantastic because uh, I just got introduced to the Tryon Three. I'm up to uh, episode 16 now for Build Fighters, where it makes its appearance. And man, it's it's remarkable. I never thought the Double Zeta could be reimagined in such a way. The thing about the Tryon Three is it's heavily influenced by um, some of the previous Brave series that have come on. That's a huge influence to the Tryon Three, as well as, of course, it being made from the 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 basic frame of the Double Zeta. So um, I think it's a it's a it's a nice hybrid of, of Dude, both. Is of those. it going to have that cool combining drum music that the Double Zeta had? Because that was cool music. I will tell you. I will tell you this at the at, at the very the cold open episode, the cold yeah, open so. for episode sixteen is the Tryon Three's introduction. So the cold okay. open right before the intro. So you'll get to see all that stuff. There is introduction music and it's phenomenal. And you should see the crowd's reaction. That's the best part. <laughs> 
Okay. But it's it's awesome, man. It's by far my favorite suit I've seen in the show so far. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Oh, Wielder again. Oh, this is coming from the Anime News Network, and well, it's no really no big surprise, but Gundam: The Origin is going to be getting a simultaneous global page streaming and Blu-ray release. Oh. So it looks like um, Anime Consortium Japan is going to start premium page streaming of Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origin on Daisuke on February 28th, Japan Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be showing uh, Volume 1 of the Blu-rays Collector Edition pre-order on February 4th worldwide outside of Japan. So they're going to be doing pre-orders on the 4th, so they've already started the pre-orders. Uh, and then they'll be releasing, I guess, a limited edition will ship on April 24th with bonus features, Japanese and English dubbing, subtitles Japan, Japanese, English, French, Korean, traditional Chinese and traditional, oh, traditional Chinese Taiwan and traditional Chinese Hong Kong and simplified Chinese for $95 US. All that for (laughs) (laughs) one, one half hour, one hour long OVA, um, uh, OVA episode. So, but, uh, thank you, Mr. Wielder for your submission. Oh, Solbro, are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Yeah. I hope you are. What's up? Now stand up. Because you're about to stand up. What's up? Because Rodimus76 gives us a link from the Geek Tyrant, and happy, happy days are coming to the house of the soul, bro. Oh. Live action Robotech movie back in development. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And and so celebrated just one man, Sobro Ryu. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm cool with the news, but go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just—I was just gonna let you guys. Yeah. I was—I uh, was, I felt that the nostalgia train was was starting to pick up some passengers. No, <laughs> I want. I, I remember when I was four <laughs> years old and it was raining outside, and one day. Oh my God! Just, Jeff came on. 1985, everybody. <laughs> No, I'm, I, people. I know there's a lot of disdain for Robotech, and you know I am a, I'm, I prefer Macross overall. But I have a deep love for Robotech that goes on for years. It, it was the way, first way I got introduced to Macross. I would love to see this movie get made because well, I know it's, some, what's that. You want to hear some specifics about this? Yeah, by all means, go for it. No, no, go for it. train. No, with go. It says here that Deadline's reporting that the movie's back in development with mm-hmm. Mama director Annie Mashida mm-hmm. being eyed by producers Gianni Nanari and Michael uh, Mark Canton and uh, the guy that wrote G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, Michael <laughs> Gordon, is writing the screenplay. <laughs> and it's going to use basically the same – they're saying here uh, some of the basic plots as the previous versions. So – the, I don't know any of these people. Which one was G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra? Is that the first one or the was, second one? It was the first one. The second one was Retaliation. Oh. Yeah. All I can say is that a lot of people have uh, grown up with Robotech, and now they're adults that are working in Hollywood. So there's a lot more people in Hollywood now that know of Robotech and have respect for the material than they ever did. Maybe a couple years ago when they were trying to get the movie made. And it, there's been even other actors like Leonardo DiCaprio was interested in doing it. So was, uh, who was the name of the cat that played Spider-Man first? Toby 
Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Both of them were interested in producing the project, but could never get it off the ground. So it just goes to show that there's fans of Robotech all over the place. I just want the st- the story of the Macross saga told on in live action, just because I know it would translate to live action very well. And if this is the way we're going to get it's it, the only, it's the only story anybody ever talks about. Any yeah. of this one. In the end, all the Robotech people they can say what they want, but they all they all boil down to their favorite one is the, the Macross. Macross saga, which I will clearly tell you is mine. Come on, doll. <laughs> but I'm just. I mean, if if they're gonna do it, I think it'd be spectacular if it's in the right hands. I'm not familiar with Andy Muschietti's work. Uh, I know Mama came out and it looked pretty scary, and I'm not a big horror movie guy. So that what that movie had was it was backed by uh, Bene- uh sorry uh, Guillermo del Toro. So uh, you know a lot of his creativity was contributed to that movie. But he did direct it, and it it, it got decent reviews. But if he's uh, inspired by the material, I I certainly hope it gets off the ground and something gets made. Uh, not everybody feels the way I did. I actually polled people during uh, the last EX versus the Gun Damnation uh, whether they would like to see that be made or not, and most people said hell no. So <laughs> I know I know I'm alone in this fight, but chances are it'll be back. It'll be back off again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These I, are things that are always back and forth. So I'm, until I'm it not, actually comes out, I don't think you can really even really say anything. I, I'm so. not getting my hopes up. It's, I just I, I just I'm glad to hear that something's being done, and I guess we'll see what happens. Yep, we will. So thank you, Mister Rodimus76, for your submission. Bet Noir comes here and. He, oh. I, I like the way that he lists this. He says, holy cow, Bandai are making new non-crappy GoBot figures. Oh, no. And um, <laughs> no, actually, if you go to the link and it goes to uh, Toy Box, uh, the Toy Box section of io9, mm-hmm. they actually look all right. Let me um, take a look. I don't really remember. The only thing I know of GoBots, so they were like a low-rent Transformers, right? Yeah, they actually look like the cartoon characters. Because These actually look all right, right? Yeah, they actually look like, yeah, they look like more so the characters in the animated series which the toys did not the toys looked like what well, some of them did but most of them just looked like ass and yeah they look pretty good i mean it's from takara they say oh no it's yeah. bandai. bandai bandai well shit uh <laughs> yeah they, i mean they don't look that bad i'm sure they got the license on the cheap yeah i see turbo right there and i see uh i don't know who any of these people yeah, are i, I, see I leader one is the the jet that's the leader of the actual uh good side of the GoBots. i think they're well you uh, know what i'm yeah. i'm just gonna i'm just gonna thank you bet noir for well, this all but right. I'm gonna, I, no 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna put the next the next article uh-huh just segues into this Uh-oh. so so Go just keep it. talking and saying which ones you you like there because uh rodimus 76 comes back and mm-hmm. says that hasbro this is off the geek tyrant hasbro is possibly could be some way in the future might be doing a big screen adaptation of the GoBots. Yeah. And the reason being is because there's been some trademark paperwork that's been filed under the GoBots. There's a, I guess there's a new GoBots trademark under the, for the distribution of motion pictures, ongoing television programs, toys, games, playthings, namely toy vehicles and accessories used there with the there with. So, yeah. It, There's nothing confirmed, but they're just saying that, you know, how everything's going to 80s nostalgia now that this is uh, might be might be the way that we're uh, you know, we might be seeing this in the future. Yeah. Hasbro's so. been pretty busy as of recently. Uh, they, they they're yeah, optioning they this and uh, they also had talk about a new uh, G.I. Joe movie featuring uh, Matt Tracker from Mask. If you remember the old toy line of Mask. 
uh, Mobile Armored Strike Command. They're going to mm-hmm. be doing a crossover with Mask in an upcoming movie. At least that's what uh, a lot of the trades are saying. So, yeah, uh, it looks like Hasbro's trying to diversify a lot of their, their brands that they've acquired. Because uh, I guess they bought they bought Tonka, which used to own the GoBots license. And now that they own Tonka, they also bought Kenner, which used to own the Mask license. So they're trying to uh, bring back or cash in on a lot I of nostalgia Mask. recently. I oh, remember yeah. Mask. Those are pretty cool. Those I love cool Mask. That was, my, that was my joint right there. That was my show. <laughs> But uh, I don't remember the show too much, mm-hmm. but I do remember the toys. The toys were cool, man. Uh, the fact yeah. that you just had average vehicles that could transform into artillery weapons. It was freaking cool. I, I, I dug that uh, that aspect. I know I know some people well, that don't dig like it. they weren't like artillery. They were like planes. I remember one was a plane, and uh, and um, I forget what the, the semi-truck did. It, it went into something and had like a missile shoot out of it, and there yeah. was like jeep that became a swamp boat and one, one was like a trans am that could turn into a flying car yeah and one was a plane that could turn into a helicopter and uh one was a jeep that could open up and then a boat would shoot out <laughs> yeah it was like an airboat or something like that hell yeah. there, there was a motorbike that could turn into a helicopter too it was uh it was it's it's crazy what they had but uh i know a lot of ki- a lot of people are listening to the show it's like what the hell are they talking about just look it up mask m-a-s-k just look up the intro on youtube you'll you'll see what we're talking about but uh, as for GoBots, and it's 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 almost as cool as Centurions because that was freaking Ooh. Power Extreme was the, that was my cartoon I'm, that that cartoon was all right. I'm gonna have to bow out of that one. <laughs> I'll see, you, don't know, you don't know the good stuff. I'll right? see you at Bionic Six, my friend. <laughs> but, yeah, Bionic Six is all right. Yeah. I, I will. I will say this: it will kill me if the GoBots movie, because I wasn't a fan of GoBots, but if the GoBots movie does come out and is it better than Transformers, I won't know what to do with myself. I really won't. <laughs> I really won't know what to do with myself. And Peter Cullen did the voice in Transformers and GoBots as well. So, oh, did he? You know, he, if they get him to come back and reprise his role in GoBots, that'd be kind of crazy. So, uh, I, I'm, I. I I guess we'll see what happens what, with that. What was the, what, uh, oh, they had the story there. I guess it was they befriended some human. Kind of, it almost sounds kind of like the the um, Transformers yeah. type of story. Yeah, there always humans involved. They uh, I, it had something to do with some astronaut who befriended the leader one, and mm-hmm. they ended up bringing all the uh, enemy GoBots to Earth, and then they end up duking out their battles on the planet. So, and nice. Yeah, uh, right. I, I guess uh, I, best of luck to them. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. And uh, ooh, now we're going to some Human Resistance League news. No, I'm not going to hook up a Cylon into the CIC. And we only have one article, but it seems that the human resistance is growing bigger, Solbro. Oh, shit. Because now Bill Gates, you know him. Everyone knows him. Oh, yeah. We, we, we've, we've all made that man rich in some way. <laughs> He now is joining saying, eh, AI, I don't know if this is too much of a thing. I mean, and this is coming from the guy that knows about Windows and how buggy that is. <laughs> so we might want to listen to him. So now we have Elon Musk, Stephen Hawking, and Bill Gates. I mean, who, who else do I need? Do I need the reanimated body of Steve Jobs? <laughs> He probably put his. He probably, put, he probably would be for it. He probably put his uh his 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 consciousness into a robot body already, man. Yeah, <laughs> they got him saved on the Apple servers. <laughs> they, they, have, they have his. Uh, oh my god! He's just waiting for his moment, man. <laughs> Skynet, come on down. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, this memory print. What what do, what do they call the ghost in the show? Your memory prints or something like that? On yeah. The, on the oh, I hope he doesn't have on the Apple Cloud server Ooh. because it'll get hacked. <laughs> His we'll, troubles we'll, are only we'll, beginning. <laughs> we'll have a we'll have another part of that fappening thing. It'll be more news picks oh. and the, the brainwaves of Steve Jobs. No. <laughs> oh man, there's no rest for there's no rest for Steve Jobs apparently. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's good to see that we got big money behind uh, the anti uh, uh, artificial intelligence uh, uh, consortium. Oh, yeah. We have funding now. No, we do. Neil, you 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 started something. Yeah, after. Uh, <laughs> After uh, after the uh, the the uh, earnings loss that Tesla made today, can't really can't really rely on Elon Musk being able to. Oh, <laughs> to make, oh snap! Make <laughs> Nothing like um, money bags bill. <laughs> I mean, he's making it where you can drink poop water. So I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> these are the things we're going to need. So uh, thank you. He's Mr. Ben Noir for some of that human resistance leak news. He's getting his ready for the robot apocalypse, man. And speaking of that, Snow <laughs> Brown. Why is Neo so robophobic? Yes. <laughs> there's many robot apocalypse news that was submitted, but there's mm. only one that I will read because it's the only one that matters. <laughs> This is coming from Burtman 4, and it's begun. A robot, i.e. a Roomba, has attacked a woman, tried to suck her face off by trying to suck her hair up. Goodness. Yes. Yes. A 50-year-old, 52-year-old South Korean woman was innocently sleeping on her floor when her Roomba just violently attacked her with with a hunger for dirt. But it turned turned, uh, feral and went for blood. Coming yes. for that scalp? <laughs> yes. She had to be saved by the fire department. And it took four hours to get her hair what? Um, place. And they don't say what the fate of the Roomba is, but hopefully they're studying it to see what went wrong. I had to put it down, it's, man. It turned on yeah. its master, man. It's time to take it out back and old yes. yellow the hell out of it. <laughs> yes. And if you go to Mr. Burtman's link here, there's actually a twit there's actually a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's from somebody who says fire department called after ro- robot vacuum attack sleeping owner <laughs> and this oh, is just no. look at this picture man it's, it's horrible it's pretty yeah. bad the only thing that would make this worse mm-hmm. a cat in a shark costume on top of it oh. <laughs> can you imagine having your hair sucked up while getting scratched in the face hey the cat made a break for it when the cops went, sorry when the police up sorry <laughs> when the fire the department showed up. So, so what is the Roomba cat thing? Is that like a Magella attack tank where it just yeah. <laughs> one part gets in trouble, it just the cat separates. Exactly. So, thank you, Mr. Burtman, for for your submission, and sorry for everybody else that submitted stuff. But yeah, you can't it, when there's robot robot apocalypse news, and a robot has actually gone out for blood. Everything else is going to be. Um, you know, a moot point there. So mm-hmm. thank you that for that submission. And, um, of course we always ended up with some of the best news there is. Oh, Michael Bay, Michael Bay. Oh my God. That's bullshit. What the f- survey news? Hell yes. yes. 
survey news alerts, and we have two. Oh, soul bro, mm-hmm. you you like you like trivia, don't you? Yeah. And this is coming from Evil Australian Vent Noir. Mm-hmm. And I got a quick little question for you, Soul Bro, because well, you, you like trivia and, and you I like do. movies, right? I do indeed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, how many explosions were in the first Transformer? Sir Bay's first uh, classic movie of the Transformers uh, saga, Transformers. That's, that's a good question. I, I only watched the movie a few times, so I don't know. If I was to make a ballpark guess, maybe eight? Explosions? Eight I, explosions. I know that. I know that's low for a and, Michael Bay movie, but it is the first one, so maybe maybe they didn't have that many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're thinking because they had. Okay, I, I see. I see your logic. I see your logic. because yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's tripled it and quadrupled it since then. But it's the first movie, well, so you're going to be surprised that that movie is 144 minutes long. So that's what two hours and 24 minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's been count. It's been confirmed there are two 208 explosions featured in the film. And that equates to 1.444 explosions per minute. Are you shitting me? That many in the first film? Yes. Oh, my God. Have they counted the ones in the other movies yet? They're probably still trying. Oh, my God. (laughs) Son. Do what poor Chris does when he does all these um, oh. these Bill, the Bill fighters. Uh, what he what he has oh. to like, pause and reverse yeah. the switch gun plugs in the background. Oh, yes. That poor guy. <laughs> yeah, oh. if anybody ever wonders why he sounds so salty sometimes doing these reviews, that's 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 the reason why. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so um, but thank you, uh, Mister Vent Noir, for your submission. And the next one here, and the final one, comes from <laughs> Billy Gundam fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to read Billy Gundam fan's his, his, little, his little synopsis going into this. And mm-hmm. he says, Sir Bay News Alert. In, ni- in 2009, Michael Bay destroyed a mansion so he could build a new, more baller one. <laughs> it's now complete. <laughs> it has a 40-seat theater, which is one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and that's um, that's Philly Gundam fan. What? Say. Yeah, and he's got two links here. One's from LA Curved Magazine, and one's from Business Outsiders. And you got to say, it's a pretty nice. <laughs> it's a nice mansion. Holy, yeah, I'm seeing it now. Yo, it's son, the, the Business Insider one. Yeah, yeah. The place is it's pretty nice, man. Wow, look at this guy's digs. Yo, he's yeah. even got a bed, and oh, so this is his bedroom right here. But I see the theater, man. Well, the magic happens. Yeah, what the hell, man? Yo, yeah. Michael Bay, oh, you out of control, son. <laughs> so all, all the all the Sir Bay haters, they want to hate him even more. All the money you spent on this on his films, that's what it went to. All them broken childhoods paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> all those destroyed, extinct childhoods. Yes. <laughs> All those fond memories you had of the Transformers that were smashed oh. and left and you know left bloodied in the street. That's mm-hmm. what helped pay for this. So Absolutely, uh, man. Yeah, the blood wasn't for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody made out on it. <laughs> oh man, but it's a nice pad, man. I can't beat that. <laughs> can't, can't do either way there. Oh my god. <laughs> so, um Thank you, Mr. Philly Gundam fan, for your submission. And thank you, everyone, for all your submissions. And uh, like always, if you ever have any news to submit, um, you can do it in the Neos Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And, mm-hmm. and like we had stated earlier, Chris is uh, going to be joining us for the, the, the first and only uh, segment of this 
uh, episode, and so there's not going to be any old timey. So yeah. I'm sure in f- the next episode we'll be doing some catch up there. So uh, well, I'd be I'd be remiss if we didn't mention at least one thing before we uh before we uh close things out for the segment. Um, okay, I know I know that uh it doesn't really qualify as news for us, but it was a pretty big event that happened this week. So I'm pretty sure they're going to go into detail about this on Chaos Theater. So make sure to check out the next episode of Chaos Theater or one of the upcoming episodes at chaostheater.blogspot.com. Oh, leaving the Daily Show. Yes, yes, and it's because Spider-Man joined in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He said he's going to be spending all he's going to be spending more time studying up the Spider-Man because he's a man and a spider. <laughs> so, so what you're saying, Silbro, is. The new Spider-Man in, in this new crossover movies is actually going to be Jon Stewart. That's why he's leaving The Daily Show. There you, there you go, man. You pieced it all together, bro. And then uh, J. Jonah Jameson would be played by Brian Williams. <laughs> well, he's, he, he's not working for six months. So oh, yeah, my maybe. God. He'll be free to do what he wants, man. To tell what tales he wants to. Oh, man. I feel so bad for Brian Williams. Just, just, just like J. J. Oh, Jameson. Oh, my God. <laughs> his next job working Pretty for the much. daily bugle <laughs> but uh just just in brief man um i mean it it, it the the license is still owned by sony for anybody who is not in the know i'm sure a lot well, of you guys are let's, uh, let's just let's just cool it down it's yeah. a cool thing but let's just see what what ends up being yeah yeah i mean i, I at the end of the day i think because in, in the end yeah it could be one scene yeah so I think no, the- I, you're right. But uh, they they do they do say he's going to be pretty involved uh, okay. in the universe. But I, I, all I can say is it's a really and I cool was told thing. That, I was told that some of these movies are going to be good too. Yeah, and I was also told that um, con, uh, Blood Con wasn't going to be Con. Yeah, and into dumbness. Well, see, Abram, Abrams it, doesn't so. have anything to do with these movies, so Thank rest, God. rest assured. I think Kevin Feige is uh, he's a bit more con- what's, consistent. What's the countdown? Ten months till another franchise is destroyed. Oh no, man! <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Abrams, honestly, his his career his career is gonna be defined by that Star Wars movie, so he can't afford Let's to hope. f that up. I mean, seriously, it, 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 when it oh, comes down to Disney, Disney okay. sunk a lot of money in that movie, and they're gonna sink a lot of marketing. In in that movie and they go to those if well, they if they go to those remember, yeah it's also responsible for something called the lone ranger that got a lot of oh, money yeah. sucked into that too so you got it you got it but they didn't want another lone ranger that was a hard lesson for them to learn no. so and and i think that was also because of a dispute with jerry burkheimer that's another story but um i think it's a cool thing I, i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how spider-man is going to be weaved into the marvel cinematic universe and again man if you guys want to learn more about it i'm sure chris and pedro are going to talk about it well, on chaos theater so it's going to be checked them out at, it's going to be talked at nauseam oh yeah out anyway so well, i'm gonna talk it about actually, it it actually moved a bunch of the other movies yeah back or something like it, that it too, moved so. uh thor black panther captain marvel and the inhumans up six months out of their timeline the, now are they uh, calling that is it that movie gonna be miss marvel or captain marvel i captain, thought it was miss marvel captain marvel it's really? it, it is gonna be carol danvers but it is called captain marvel yeah it's gonna be they're calling version. it miss marvel nope it's gonna be Captain. sure about that i i promise you <laughs> I'm just double checking. <laughs> yeah, just just look up the titles. You'll see that it's Captain Marvel. But um, let's see here. Come on, interwebs. Come I, on, interwebs. The most I'd like to see from this merger—I wouldn't say merger, but this joint venture—is that a lot of the Spideyverse, like characters and whatnot, start showing up in other Marvel projects. So, especially with the the Defender show starting up on Netflix, including uh, Daredevil. It's a little too late for Daredevil, but Jessica Jones is in pre-production right now. You can have elements of uh, Spidey's uh, characters and whatnot showing up in the uh, future Defender series, so that's going to be pretty fun to see. If anything, 
uh, I'm excited uh, for this happening, and uh, I won't waste any more time on this. But uh, I know a lot of you guys out there are excited too, and I just wanted to mention it so that way I, we at least touched upon it at least. And I, I can't wait to see exactly how Spider-Man fits into the universe. But uh, back to you, Neo. Yeah, it'll definitely be. Uh Oh, it is Captain Marvel. Okay, yeah, cool. absolutely. I thought for whatever reason I kept seeing it was Miss Marvel, but I think it's just because of all the fanboys want it, Miss Marvel. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get something saying, "Oh, you're, you know, misogyny." They don't want to call it Miss Marvel, whatever. Oh, she's but, been uh, Captain Marvel in the comics for a while now. So I know, I, I know that. Yeah, I, I'm just saying they might as well just go with what works. <laughs> but you know how the fans are. Yeah. But um, all right, well that's cool. So um, great news. Mm-hmm. Great news, true believers. But all right, well, we'll be going to our first and only uh, segment of this episode, which is going to be the f- uh, halftime report of the first 13 episodes of Gundam Bill Fighters Try. And, and we'll be joined with Chris. Hell so, yeah. You're listening to Gundam and MAHQ. and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, Let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. Something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name? Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool. In about ten minutes, he's gonna be as sober as a priest on Sunday. Ten minutes? Why do we have to cut these things so damn close? Ken Kai Nazi! Ken Kai Nazi! Ken Kai Nazi! 
MAHQ, this is Chris, and for our main topic this episode, we're going to be doing our halftime discussion of Gundam Build Fighters Try. And as we'd mentioned back last fall, faced with the prospect of reviewing two Gundam shows simultaneously, you know, and having vowed to never do that sort of thing again of reviewing multiple shows simultaneously as they air, Mm -hmm. we decided that it was more important to review g Reco in our regular style because it's an anniversary show and it's also Tamino. Mm-hmm. Whereas Build Fighters Try is a tournament show and kind of more of the same, roughly, as we already saw in the first season. So that's why we had the idea to do a halftime report. So this is going to be a little different from our usual Gundam reviews. We're going to be talking about episodes 1 to 13 of Try pretty broadly. We're not going to do an episode-by-episode breakdown because then we'd be here for hours. (laughs) And we'll give our highlights from specific episodes. So here's a rough outline of the show. And, of course, you can read more detail in my reviews. So it's been seven years since the original series. And... People have grown up and moved on from Gunpla Battle, and there's a whole new generation of Gunpla mm-hmm. players. And at Sei's old school, there's a new transfer student named uh, Sekai Kamiki, who is a martial artist, but unfortunately can't uh, join any martial arts clubs because they don't have any. <laughs> so he ends up joining the Gunpla Battle Club with uh, its only member, Fumino Hoshino, and they start doing Gunpla Battle, and he uses a dome that came out of Sei's World Tournament Trophy, and when the dome gets blasted, it reveals the Build Burning Gundam. And eventually, they recruit to their team Yuma Kosaka, who is the younger brother of China, who we saw as a little kid in the uh, first series, although he had, you know, brown hair rather than blue, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. Are you trying to talk about consistency, sir? (laughs) What? Retcons? (laughs) In anime? In a science fiction story? He learned early to dye his hair. (laughs) And probably change his eye color. There you go. Contacts. (laughs) A whole identity crisis. (laughs) Yeah. So, the Tri-Fighters decide to enter the under-19 tournament. And a few things have changed since uh, Say's time. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, teams, instead of single players, we now have teams of three. And we have various uh, damage levels, with A being the highest damage level and equivalent to just sort of the default mode in the original series. But lower damage levels like B and C where the gun plot is not actually destroyed in pieces. Yep. Training mode. (laughs) Yeah. So the Tri-Fighters, they they do some training, for example, against uh, the Odessa Girls Academy and their famous Gyanko, who is a a Gyan freak. And if that sounds 
familiar. That's because it's Sazaki's little sister all grown up now. Who knew? And she has inherited her brother's uh, bizarre love of Gyan's and their shields, <laughs> which results in a pretty cool custom job of an Arjarja with Gyan shields. Mm-hmm. So they move on through some of these practice rounds. Uh, Sei has an encounter with uh, an Osakan builder named Sakai who shows him that uh, just forcing his feelings on the gunplot doesn't work, so he does special training. Then they go to the West Tokyo qualifiers and move up the brackets there, kind of similar to how we saw in the original series. They finish it off against a team called G-Master and thus win the qualifiers. And then as uh, this first 13 episodes starts to wind down, we see some craziness like a uh, Gumpla fashion show race. And we see the team getting ready for the Nationals by going to the Nielsen Labs, which are headed by none other than uh, Nils Nils Nielsen, who is now married to Caroline Yajima and is the head guy for all of the Gunpla engineering after having successfully rediscovered the Plasky particle in the first series. So... At the Nielsen Labs, they see all these national teams fighting, including the Gumpla Academy, who has Alan Adams from the first series as its coach. Mm-hmm. So Sekai, of course, jumps into a battle against this guy named Saga and gets totally whooped. <laughs> and then, why the hell not? Yuki shows up, or rather, Majin Kawaguchi shows up mm-hmm. with his new ride, the Gundam Amazing Red Warrior, which is based off of a super obscure manga. And then after that, we get some character development time with Yuma and Fumina because they're each paired off with the Majin and with Lady Kawaguchi and through battles learn what it is that they are lacking and what it is that they need to improve if they want to win in the national tournament for... Yuma, it was always playing cautiously and playing not to win, but rather not to lose. Right. And with Fumina, it was building a Gundam that only supported her teammates, but did not develop her abilities as a fighter. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that, they have all found what it is that they need. And Sekai has found a new move by fighting the Gunpla Academy's Wilfred Kijima. Hell yeah. And they all decide to upgrade their Gundams to new versions to use in the national tournament. And that roughly brings us to the end of the first half of the series. So, Sobro, your general thoughts on the first 13 episodes and any specific moments from episodes that you want to maybe bring mention of. Well, it, it has been a absolutely fun ride since watching this series uh over the last couple of months um i i will just say off the top that i'm i'm although i'm enjoying the series i do find that the the first series was more more so uh I, it this series is just a notch below the original series for me but it's not bad at all i i find this to be an absolute joy to watch um when it comes to like enjoyable moments that i've had watching this show the big reveal of the bur- the build burning was was um, you knew something was going to happen because this kid was not going to be piloting the Dom the whole show. But I was wondering how he would transition from the Dom to the Bill Burning. And to see that it was inside the Dom was pretty crazy. <laughs> it was a pretty nuts reveal. It kind of set the tone for how the, the, 
the surprises that were going to be happening in this series and how uh how um i guess how explosive the series can be and sakai is such a it's such a fun lead like i expect him to be more like reiji when you see him but he's nothing like reiji he's uh he's he's up for any challenge he's not reluctant and that's that's one of the well, cool he's things about his character like reiji because yeah. they're both yeah, headstrong like stubborn reckless sure. guys who just do whatever the hell they want but he was more and then finance and then learn to really appreciate gunpla battle but he got on board with the gunpla battle a lot quicker than reiji he, did <laughs> he did because well he mm-hmm. had to because it was the only outlet he had for yeah. martial arts. Yeah. And the other thing is like his personality is a lot like Reiji's. He's just more polite because he's not, you know, an alien dude from another dimension. <laughs> he's he has he's been disciplined by by some mysterious master that's at least given yeah. him some kind of respect for people. So he's a likable cat from the get go, man. Um some of my other favorite moments I like when Gianco is uh uh introduced into the show um and her little crew of uh of 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 gyanonsters uh, I'll call them uh, although I think her her crewmates they use uh um uh what's it a uh, noble they Gundam. use noble and not nope well one of them uses a noble and the other uses a rising that's right thank you thank you and um they do the jet stream attack in the episode that they're fighting against the tri fighters which is pretty cool um and then of course after after uh why do people always think that that's gonna work what <laughs> are these days bro one of these days it worked in, uh, like, it worked like to see destiny Margo. it has to work someday right it worked to see destiny with uh with that matilda knockoff character <laughs> yeah, only because they had like like extra like fancy beam things that actually did stuff there you go see they had like scattering beams rather than just a, a flashy light i'll give credit where credit is due <laughs> but they're the only ones yeah. so far Hey man, it, it's a tactic. It's just it's it's pulled up by people who don't have the talent to to, to pull it off most of the time. It just sounds so cool. You'd think it would have to work. Jetto stream attack. <laughs> but of course, Gianco is defeated and becomes quickly everybody's waifu, and uh, also becomes uh, uh, Fumina's uh, love rival as well for uh, for Seiji. That is just say Seiji. Sakai Seiji. See, I say that all the time. That's one of my one of my uh, slip ups for Sakai. Uh, uh, for Sakai, but uh, yeah, it, it was. It, I like her character quite a bit, and it was cool to see her introduced. I also like the the loser villain that they introduced in the series shortly after that, Minato Sakai. He is supposed to be Yuma's rival, and Yuma Yuma is probably my favorite character in the show, mainly because he's like the analog for Camille. Because he loves Zeta so much, and his character design—he's got the blue hair or purple hair or whatever you want to say—and um, he just he uh, he identifies with Zeta, so he kind of like he has a little bit of Camille in him as far as I'm concerned. Plus, the Lightning Gundam looks a lot like the Zeta because it's a it's built off of that and other uh, other Gundams too. But well, it's really just the the Z. Yeah, so it's pre- just a half-assed Zeta. Pretty much. <laughs> But I mean, <clears throat> the color scheme and everything like that. It's it's just uh, I find his character to be uh, uh, the one I identify with the most in the show. Um, but the fact that he has a loser villain in Minato Sakai, and the fact that he keeps trying to take out Yuma and failing, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. But we will be talking about a particular event that happens in episode sixteen. But it levels up Minato to me in such a way that I he's one of my favorite characters in the show overall. Uh, even though he's 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 he might be a little bit of a soul bros man. Would you guys consider him a soul bros man, or is there someone worse than Minato in the series? I, I would say uh, the the soul bros man mm-hmm. so far. If we're looking at all episodes aired, oh no, uh, it would be uh, K Karima, that guy with the long hair. Yes, that idiot. <laughs> That's what everybody was saying when I was doing the stream the other night. It's like that's your man right there. It's like, well, I hope to I hope to die first before I admit I mean, that the guy's he, my man. <laughs> he named 
he named the team and the gun plot after himself and lost spectacularly. <laughs> And was a loser that no one ever remembered who the hell he was. Oh my god, no one till this That's day remembers. That's not a Sobros man. I don't know what is. I guess by description. <laughs> it's like they knew sure. everything about Sobros man. Oh my gosh. And, and designed this character precisely around that. That's what I would say. Oh my god. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Well, well, we'll definitely see more of him as episodes progress. But um, I, I thought one of the best battles was uh, between uh, uh, Sakai and uh, Shimon, the uh, the boxer with the sick brother. In uh, in the, it, it's your typical by the numbers uh, uh, sports anime episode. But I, I do appreciate the fight where it came down to the one arm boxing match <laughs> at the end between the two of them. I thought that was pretty dope, and the fact that Shimon would move on to become a kind of an ally to the Tri Fighters was a, a pretty nice touch for later episodes um, you know for as generically sports cliche as that episode was mm-hmm. it accomplished something that is very important for gundam what's that it redeemed the destiny oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> by that i mean mm-hmm. the destiny gundam not, not, the, show. <laughs> not the series <laughs> But just the Destiny Gundam personally because it actually got to fight and do something. Yeah. And even though it's still lost, Mm -hmm. it lost spectacularly rather than in some fail sauce fashion. Like um, (laughs) that embarrassment that was the finale. Oh, the classic. (laughs) So good on you, Try, for, for redeeming the Destiny Gundam and making it the unit that it always was capable of being, especially as we've seen in video games like Versus. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that's a suit to fear in those games. What was nice was that fight was all the Gunplus that the guy used were all stock Gunplus. So, you know, he was, he was fighting and, and he was uh, doing, you know, doing pretty well for the, you know, the will of his brother and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. That's pretty cool that uh, he was able to do that with just a, a, Gundam, a, a Gunplus right out the box. No, yeah. no frills. <laughs> And not only that, but not even professionally built, built by a kid in a hospital using nail clippers and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah it's his little brother visible, that built them. Visible nubs and all that sort of, you know, just sort of roughness that we all have as yeah. novice builders. It was a family affair. <laughs> Well, it was actually kind of nice because it, it showed that, you know, there's there's other ways that you can win if you try hard enough and, you know, no pun intended. Oh, my gosh. Uh, look, listen, listen to this guy. <laughs> you know, you just take one step at a time, one, one, one match at a time, mm-hmm. you know. Take, take you know all the coach speak that you can have every match a learning lesson every match is a learning lesson you just take a little bit and, and you go forward you, you got to want it more than the other team exactly yeah some some sometimes it's not always about talent but it's about desire <laughs> it's it's a player's game it's a heart you know showed a lot of heart out there so <laughs> sound like you're ready for the super bowl <laughs> Oh man, I, I you know I joke around about this all the time. The format in this series thrills me because it reminds me of King of Fighters, the fighting game with the three on three teams. So um, I do dig that aspect about the show quite a bit. Um, I guess uh, one of the, my favorite episodes is the fan service up with the whole pageant. That uh, of course Mira, it is. Yeah, when Mira has to jump in, uh, there's a lot of cameos with characters and stuff like that. I, I'm simple, bro. <laughs> When that dude Taku shows up with his Tim Ray rot module and his uh oh, his turn a noir, that shit is the best. <laughs> the guy was a total douche, but he was cool at the same time. The fight between uh the bear guy F 
with uh, Mirai having to go up against him and using the bear guy F and how the main uh, the mama bear guy got taken out so quick, but it was the the petite bear guy that had to hold it down. It was a pretty uh pretty neat introduction to the petite bear guy. I thought that was cool. It's it's a little silly looking, but I'll buy it because it's Bill Fighters. <laughs> It's a bear guy. I mean, come on. It's a baby bear guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm good. In the long history of bear guys, it's one of the cutest there is. Oh my god, that shit! It's it's so it's so adorable, and it can lay a ass weapon down, <laughs> especially on turn A Gundams. But uh, oh, I, that's not. What's that? Oh, <laughs> it was a that was definitely a fun episode. I really enjoyed it for all the nods to different series, especially uh, Yuma's obsession with Zeta Gundam. He, I think he uh, envisions that scene with uh, him and with four, four on, yeah, him on the rooftop. On the rooftop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, him and his hopeless love for Mirai. I know. <laughs> the fact that her name is Mirai trips me out because, of course, you know, that's a direct send up to the character from Mobile Suit Gundam. But I like the cast in this show. They work together pretty well. I attribute these characters pretty much being as good as the characters that, hap- that happen to show up in uh, the original series. And um, I like the fact that although you do get cameos here and there in the series from people from the original Build Fighters, they don't overwhelm you with them. And the moments are, are, are very small so that you treasure when you see appearances from other characters. Some some characters are, are, are regulars, of course, like Rombo Rawl, or Mr. Rawl, I should say. And you see the Majin every once in a while. But then you get uh, this quick appearance by Nils, who apparently changed his last name to his wife's uh, name, Yajima. He pulled a, Anybody surprised by that? He pulled the Gendo Akari. Well, he had, to, he, had to, he had to change his name to where the money was at. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or more like she told him to when he did it. Yo, domination. Yeah. Yo, this woman, Fifty Shades of Nils, man. <laughs> okay. That's a whole bunch of images I could have lived my life. Oh with. my god, yo, yeah. Caroline, let's go. <laughs> But I mean, it didn't surprise me. But he seems to be cool with it, so you know, he's 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 living life. That's what's up. But uh, last but not least, I'll uh, I'll say that the uh, the episode uh, was it episode twelve or thirteen where they had to push the uh, where the the fight between Sakai and what's his name uh, Saga and not Saga but uh, Sakai and uh, Wilfred. Oh, Wilfred, that yeah, was episode 13. 13. Episode 13, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Saga was in 12. And now, though, that was a good episode uh, where Yuma had to fight off Saga and realize what his limitations were. Really tight episode. Fumina also, you know, as you mentioned, found out about her limitations and seeks to outgrow those. But the Wilfred versus Sakai fight was off the chain. They blew up the moon, guys. They blew up the moon. They pulled the piccolo. <laughs> 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 oh my god shattered up all over like everybody nutted at the end of that fight <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool but I, I i like how the rivals are being sussed out now between uh saga and yuma and wilfred and sakai and then the mystery girl what's her name shia i believe uh shia and fumina you know it's all being parceled out so that they're gonna probably end up fighting each other in grand finals or are semifinals later on down the road and the, the fact that they're gonna uh, probably be on even plane so they're gonna it's gonna lead up to pretty interesting battles come uh series end and i'm looking forward to seeing that but uh the mecha designs in this series in this series the uh the custom suits in this are gorgeous the transient gundam gundam is off the chain i when i saw that get revealed it's like oh my god that's so freaking phenomenal <laughs> It's an Exia, but pimped out. It's it's so sleek and clean, and I should not like Wolford, but I like his character. I think he's he's cool. He's got his goals, but he's not a dick about him. He's pretty honorable. Um, 
what was the episode? Or maybe we haven't seen it yet. You know, I'll hold off on that. I'll let you guys talk. But that's pretty much uh, some of my favorite moments in the series. Okay. Neo, some of your highlights for the first half of Try? It's good. All right. Thank you. All right. That's it. Right back. That's what's up. No, it's... um... I actually, I actually liked it a lot. I'm liking this a lot, and I'm actually liking it a little bit more than the first show. And part of the reason why is I like the team aspect because you know what was always what was always kind of weird about the first episode or the first show was everybody pretty much was uh, for the most part were single piloted players mm-hmm. except for Sam and Reggie. Yeah. You know they they were always together, but yet everybody that they always fought there was always one singular pilot or one singular builder. And I like the fact that okay we have multiple builders we have multiple pilots and you're having to play within the strengths and the weaknesses and there's a you know a little bit more strategy instead of a lot of just like um, beam spamming from far out or I'm going to just come in super speed and then slice you with a uh, you know a, a beam saber or some you know some sword mm-hmm. and that to me is uh, a lot better I like it I like the fact that we we this seems like a, uh, most of the tournament fights are progressing a lot quicker <laughs> than the first episode or the first show. So that's definitely uh, a great a great thing. I kind of like that it's a lot more focused on. Um, it seems a little bit more focused on the the kids themselves, where you have a lot less. I like Lieutenant Raw and stuff, but there's a little bit less of him in this. Yeah. And of course, you know, there's no like Say's mom or anything where it was like a little. I mean, she was okay, but it was like a little bit too much of that. And yeah, Sekai, he's. He's like Reiji, but he kind of gets it a lot sooner. And um, not when it comes to women, though. <laughs> no, not that. Well, I mean that you know th- some things never change. But yeah, it just it just seems like there's a there's a little bit more going on. I like the fact that now that you you have um, you had the uh, the build fighters club, and then you have the actual model club. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's you know at the beginning there was a little bit of friction. It's like you know Yuma's with the model building club, but he really wants to be in the gunpla fighter build fighters club mm-hmm. but you know there's like oh no you don't want to do that because it's all about building instead of you know building and fighting you know that that i thought was kind of interesting the whole thing with the damage levels i do like that because now you can have a battle and a spontaneous battle but you can dial it down so your suit doesn't get destroyed mm-hmm. i mean two rivals can go at it but they're not just going to destroy their suits yeah uh like what was happening in the first one where it was like <laughs> oh okay they're just going to destroy it to hell oh well that gives a, a great thing so uh say you can build something you he, know say had the luxury of having a, a, a hobby shop at his disposal yeah but these kids don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, and not every and not every fight, um, you know, necessitates total destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and it seems like there's a little bit more focus, especially when they go to the Ijima campus and they're you know they're fighting with other teams. They're doing a lot of they're doing a lot of um, you know sparring and stuff like that, which makes a lot more sense. You know, and 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 if you were to do some type of martial arts or boxing tournaments that's how that stuff usually goes you're going to spar with other teams and other players and stuff uh before you go into the national tournament so i thought that was pretty cool and th- th- those are kind of the things that i'm i'm liking about it and 
you know, uh, it's nice that the, the tri fighters team is, you know, two boys and a girl, you know, that that's, that's another nice thing to say, see too. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, and, and I'm sure that's definitely planned, you know, Gunpla wants, or a Bandai definitely wants girls building Gunpla just as much as they do, (laughs) uh, boys. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, like I said, I'd, I'd have to say, uh, based on that, um, you know, based on what I've seen so far up to episode 13, I'm liking this a lot more. And, you know, probably my last thing that I'm going to say is for all you guys out there that ever wanted your sequel to G Gundam, well, this is the closest thing that you're probably going to get. So Ooh. you should probably just enjoy it. And because in a lot of ways, it's the same thing. I mean, somehow Gunpla fighting's got bigger than everything else in the world. Again, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> This time, one, there's not colonies at stake. <laughs> one of the downsides is I'm not seeing stage two desert enough. Oh, um, I think that that was shown a lot more in the first show. Mm-hmm. Uh, only a few times here, so that that's a downside. I, I like it when they fight on desert. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll see some more desert in the national tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. And it was kind of cool to see the the moon explode. I thought that was because. I don't really remember things playing a part like that in the first show. Oh yeah, when it came to the environments, did it? No, nah. they um, they had a fight in a colony that uh, the colony got damaged and then it moved into space. Yeah, okay. And they had that big battle where they started off in space and it was a gigantic battlefield and they ended up falling down to Earth. Okay, that's right. Hold when on. they fought the uh, gigantic Zaku. Man, oh, that's right. Yeah. But, well, this one seemed a little bit more memorable. It's like you said, you blew up the moon. Pull the piccolo. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, yeah. So those are – and, and I, I got to say, like Silver said, it's nice to see some of the people from the um, uh, previous show kind of showing up. But, you know, at least they're not pulling a destiny and making them overtake everything. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of and, – and in a way, it's kind of reminiscent of Zeta. Maybe yeah. this is the Zeta Gundam of build fighters. It's got, it's got that Gundam pacing. Build. Build Zeta, try fighters. <laughs> when it comes to the when it comes to the the cameo appearances from previous characters, it's got that kind of pacing, so I can appreciate that. I do sh- I do hope before series end that they uh, show some of the the more the the larger characters from Build Fighters, at least say and uh, say his mom and and maybe say his dad at the end. But uh, say his mom is probably still stuck at that hobby shop. Hey man, you know she she got a job to do, <laughs> and say his dad's still working for working for the government, man, the Gunpla government. <laughs> Well, I think that 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 organization disbanded, right? Because this is a completely new. Well, the the Gunpla tournament still has like its own mm-hmm. body. What disbanded is PPSE, which no longer exists. It's all mm-hmm. Yajima now. Yeah, yeah, a little corporate espionage there with Niels. There you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's that's basically my thoughts. I'm sure they will, based on some of the the responses I've seen on the the Mecha Talk uh, Build Fighters thread. I, I'm sure seems like I'm in the minority. But, you know. <laughs> No, there's a lot okay. of people that like this show. I, I mean, that thread might be I, indicative. I would not judge yeah. a show's reaction based off of just one formula. Not, not use that as the sample to represent the whole universe. Yeah, because yeah, pe- pe- <laughs> people people who are upset about something, they're going to voice their opinions, and they're going to do that more so than people who are content. So, you know, I mean, granted, they've, they've got the reasons to dislike the show, but at the end of the day, I can't look at that as like some kind of barometer and how well the show's being received. Because I talk to a lot of people all the time that love this series, and some, as like Neo feels, feel the show is better than the original i think it's just a notch below but but uh, i i I still find it to be fun to watch it it flows so much better and it i want to watch the episodes a lot 
quicker yeah. than I did the other one. Yeah, you, you mean know, the the other one? It, I'd have like maybe two or three episodes that I'm I'm kind of backed up on, and I'd kind of be like, uh, yeah. this one it was like, oh, backed up, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> this show's a you great. Know? It's a great contrast to G Reco too. Like watching G Reco, this is like just completely different palette basically when I watch this show, and I watch them back to back when I watch them. So you know, it's just nice to have the show be so different from that. Although I'm enjoying the hell out of Re- G Reco as well. You know, to me, it's 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 like dessert after a hearty meal. So, <laughs> well, it's apples and oranges. I there you think. go. Mm-hmm. So, but th- those are my thoughts, Chris. You may now shit up on them. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, sir. You're wrong, wrong. Turn off his mic. Saying goes against me is wrong. <laughs> Character-wise, I like the team concept of having three-on-three, three, mm-hmm. although as the uh, webmaster of MHQ, I hate it. <laughs> there oh, you yeah. go. <laughs> Who knows? Because it means, it means <laughs> three times the profiles <laughs> in the section. That is Particularly true. when we have all of those, you know, those quick cut, like throwaway battles. It's mm-hmm. like, instead of just one dude, no, now it's three dudes every single, now it's six dudes every time instead of just two. Yeah. The amount of times you have to pause an episode, I'm sure is ridiculous. <laughs> taking the uh, screenshots or putting in the custom line art that people contribute, mm-hmm. which, uh, thank you again for contributing that. Um, so, you know, that, that's annoying, but that's just, that's, that's a problem that exactly affects one person, which is me. So I can't say too much about that. But it was- <laughs> For the first world problems, man. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag MHQ problems. I just hope that people, when they read your reviews, they appreciate all the hyperlinks to all the line art that you, <laughs> you had to organize. You, and having to hyperlink all that stuff mm-hmm. in the reviews is not fun either. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and it's especially not fun when a mecha is first revealed without its model number yeah and i have to go and change the file and then Good relink Lord. everything and redo everything and that is not fun at all <laughs> so please keep that in mind as you read the reviews look at those mecha profiles all of the annoyances i have to go through just to keep <laughs> that crap updated the struggle <laughs> the struggle is real the struggle is so real <laughs> anyway I do like uh, the team aspect because, you know, Say and Reiji were a team, but at the end of the day, it was still Reiji who had to do all the fighting. And, you know, now you have, you know, people working as a team together doing both Gunpla building and the fighting. Mm-hmm. Whereas, obviously, that was divided between uh, Reiji and, and Say. I also like, when we do see these in the battles, when it's so obvious that some element is being animated by Obari. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Particularly yeah. anything having to do with the build burning. Yeah. yeah. Doing some kind of cool move because suddenly it gets, you know, for lack of a better term, Obari is f- <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> and, and if you see it, you know what I mean. When suddenly it's like all, all buffed up and jacked, and it's like, oh crap, this Gundam got Obari-fied. <laughs> When, you, when he's about to do a signature move or something like that, you know the Abari, the Abari effect comes into play, and uh, you can tell just by the 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 fluidness of the animation or just how 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 baller the attack is. <laughs> you can yeah. tell it's him. I also like that the build burning, despite its design being not anything particularly special as far as Okawara stuff goes, mm-hmm. that it is the first pure martial arts Gundam ever because even in G, no Gundam was purely martial arts or yeah. purely physical combat. That Vulcan yeah, beam least. savers. Yep. You yeah. know, they had even, you know, Shining and God had Vulcans and beam savers. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and other junk. And even Master Asia had crap on his Gundams. He had Vulcans too, I think. I think yeah, they, they all had either Vulcans or some kind of weapon. So there was no one, even in G Gundam, the show where you think that would happen, that it, yeah. there was someone yeah. who purely fought with martial arts. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the only other full melee suit really is uh, the Epion, right? I don't, if you're looking I, at all Gundam. Yeah, you're yeah. looking at all Gundam, yeah. I think that's the only well, other. I mean, it had, it had that beam sword. Yeah, oh, you're right. So <laughs> there's that at least. Like, but, like pure physical combat. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. definitely makes the build, build burning stand out. So that's, that's cool. Um, I'm surprised, not in a bad way, but that this series, as mentioned before, is going on a smaller scale because in the first series, we went through Say and Reiji meeting all the way up through to the end of the world tournament. And here we're in the under 19 national tournament, Mm -hmm. which is also kind of cool seeing different age brackets because really in the real world, why would you have like 13 year old kids fighting against 40 year old men? (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't make much sense. So, you know, having these age brackets, I think is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. All that being said for all that I do enjoy, including of course the cameos and the return of past characters like Majin Kawaguchi, Mm -hmm. There are some things I don't like about the show mm-hmm. that it tends to fall back on over and over again. And one of those cliches, you know, I guess coming from the sports and shonen world, is hyping up a threat that dissolves pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> they do do that, yeah. <laughs> yes, they've done That's it quite true. a few times. Mm-hmm. We saw it when um, they fought the uh, the Easy 8 team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They were so hyped up as, oh, you know, these guys, they change their gun plot every battle, and they're a technical college, and, you know, if you know, you better watch out or they'll get you. (laughs) And then as soon as something unpredictable happened, those guys completely fell apart and they folded faster than a Sobro's man. Yeah, they get this shit rocked. (laughs) Jesus. So that was kind of disappointing that that battle was hyped up, you know, because these guys are all about tactics and communications jamming and, you know, sniping and all that stuff. And then they just folded as soon as things didn't go their way because they didn't count on uh, other variables. And as soon as something was outside of their control, then they just didn't know what the hell to do on themselves. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't that play into like tournaments like this where you have people that are the big baddies, you know, the big bad on their neighborhoods? Yeah, you know, one thing is when someone hypes himself up as a big deal, but another is when a show hypes up a team or a character so much, but then it fails to deliver and they end up just being chumps. Mm-hmm. So sure. I kind of see yeah. a difference in that. And Try has gone to this well at least like maybe three or four times because then we see it happen again with G Master because in the first episode that they fight, they wipe the floor with Gianco's team. Yeah. <laughs> And then when they bit, when they fight the uh, the tri fighters, they all use the exact same gimmicks. They don't do any sort of special teamwork, and they all kind of go down. Mm-hmm. Even though some of them kind of pull a zombie thing and refuse to die, but still accomplish nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, look, yeah, we sure. combined half of a G fighter with half of a victory. We're unstoppable. It's like, what can you actually do other than like swing a sword and fly around? Really. <laughs> Like that was the most like uselessly hyped move I've seen in either of these series. Yeah, it, they did more than Atherin and the Savior. 
Yeah, some some of the fights don't seem to have like the the weight or the resonance that uh, a lot of the fights in Build Fighters did have when it comes to that because of the fact that these guys have been built up so high and then easily dispatched. I, I gotta agree with that. Yeah. Also, maybe because of the fact that we're dealing with teams, there's so many more rivals now. Yeah. Oh, there's a ton. You know that it's kind of annoying to keep track of how many rivals there are. Whereas with the original series, you know, you only had a couple of rivals that were there, and they're usually friendlies like uh, Fellini or Mao. Yeah. You know, they would spar all the time and then when they had to fight each other in battle um in a real tournament that's when you felt the that's when you felt the drama <laughs> but here it's like there's so many freaking people running around it's like it's getting kind of tiresome how many people there are in this show because you got you got the gunpla academy you got uh the triplets you got this idiot k you've got the uh white wolf team you've got sakai you've got uh this creepy guy junya it's like, how many freaking people are there? Then you got you know all these other loser rivals that are shown. It's like, Jesus Christ, it's, it's keep the roster down a bit. You know guys. what you know what we need is mm-hmm. we need the Galactic Heroes names. Oh no. Every time they show up, just, I mean that's the that's the greatest thing that ever happened. I don't know why if you're gonna if you know they always like copying things from each other if you know if you're gonna do anything copy that especially mm-hmm. if you have a big task it worked so well it's like okay oh that's who that is yeah i remember now so <laughs> and i do want to mention as was alluded to earlier that uh you know the reaction at least on mecha talk has been rather mixed and in some cases really negative and i hate to sound like i'm shitting on my own users mm-hmm. but it doesn't surprise me because you know you're always going to have this sort of thing in the fandom and one of the things that is quite obvious in that thread is the double o season 2 effect oh no <laughs> where now retroactively the original build fighters is heralded as being having been so much better mm-hmm. when at the time of its airing it was uh just as highly criticized yeah oh yeah much more uh, as some ways I think a little bit more but yeah so I don't agree with uh, the negativity towards try on Megatalk or anywhere and I've seen it elsewhere too but I think the reason for this negativity comes from the different setup of the two shows mm-hmm. because try definitely hues much more to the sports and shonen yeah. worlds yeah. than the original series did and it uses a lot more of those cliches and tropes and tropes are not necessarily a bad thing it all depends how you use them but i think that a lot of the people who are trashing try as having poor writing and you know just Oops. full of cliches and repetition etc cetera, etc cetera, are just not fans of those genres sure. you know having sekai you know win moves by using his willpower and spirit and screaming loudly it's like well come on have you ever seen a shonen show before that's, that's how it works <laughs> exactly it's that it's, it's that shonen spirit man have you ever seen dragon ball or one piece or fairy tale or naruto it's like Everything's about willpower and screaming. Or even yeah. G or even G Gundam, which is yeah. what the show takes a lot of notes from. <laughs> G Gundam itself also following that tournament format. So it's like tournaments and screaming are just core elements of shonen shows. Yeah. It's like, go hand in hand, yeah. You can't you yeah. can't go into the show looking to like 
nitpick everything in it. it it's it's got a far off it's got a far out premise to begin with, just like Build Fighters did. At the end of the day, you know, crazy shit is gonna happen, and you know, I mean, unless they like fall short on the stories themselves, then you can like point that out. But when it comes down to it, yeah, some of the some of the some of the stuff that happens in the show is convenient. <laughs> I'm not gonna front, but the you show know, the show's fast paced for a reason. I and I said this during the time that the original Build Fighters was airing Mm -hmm. that since there was so much negativity about the original series what my view was that people were just so used to Gundam always being serious business that they just couldn't bring themselves to loosen up and just enjoy something that's meant to be a fun ride and not and just a popcorn entertainment series not meant to be deeply consumed and chewed over about philosophy and new types and all sorts of shit like that. Exactly. And I think that 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 persistence of inflexibility has come back again exactly for try, but at an even higher level. Goodness. Makes sense. (laughs) So my advice to people is, you know, if you don't like shonen shows or tournament shows, don't watch try. And if you do, don't slag on it because you know what you're getting. If you... If you know that something is going to be a certain way and yet you keep watching it and criticizing it for doing something that you know it's going to do, what is the point in that and what are you doing? Yeah, who's the fool in the end? <laughs> I mean, yeah. really. If you go – if every day for lunch you go to a corner hot dog stand with a guy who makes terrible hot dogs and they're always <laughs> going to be just as bad every day but you keep buying them every day and complaining about them – what are you doing? Why why are you doing that? You know they're going to be bad. Why keep buying them? Yeah, you know the menu. It's it's not changing anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. I don't I don't get this this perspective of hate watching something. Yeah. You know, I've dropped so many shows, even, uh. you know, just regular TV shows. I just dropped Gotham the other day because I got tired <laughs> of it being so damn stupid. Oh my god, I'm this close to dropping it myself. And, and I dropped The Walking Dead, and I dropped Once Upon a Time, and these are shows that I watch for seasons. It's like, you know what? I'm just tired of this crap. Why am I still watching this? There's no point for me in watching this, so I'll let it go. It's a waste of energy, man, and time. Yeah, so the only people who need to watch shows are reviewers like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if, if, if I had the ability to drop age... Mm-hmm. I would have. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, you know. It's funny because uh, I've been encouraging people to watch uh, G Record, but I've I've been telling people that if you, if it hasn't grasped you by by halfway through the series and you drop it, I can't blame you for that at this point. You know, you've, you've put in your due diligence. You watch fifty percent of the show. If it's not holding your interest, if you don't like then, it, don't watch it. Yeah, you don't. Know, it's not. It's not that big of a deal. It's yeah. not gonna. I'm not gonna lose any sleep over people not watching a Gundam show. That, <laughs> that's true. Very much. <laughs> So, you know, at this point, I think that there's still potential for a good finale. I've enjoyed Try not as much as the original Build Fighters because, you know, the the conceit's already been done once before. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get that magic back the second time. Yeah, so I didn't expect going into Try that it would be able to meet or exceed the original series, which itself was not flawless. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking it for what it is, which is popcorn entertainment and Gundam cameos and fan service and it hasn't disappointed me in that respect even though it has had its flaws as I've noted in some of the reviews Mm -hmm. so again I would just implore people go into the show with the right expectations just chill out it's just a shonen tournament show it's not deep writing it's not meant to be just take it for what it is and if you can't 
leave it alone and don't watch it. No one's forcing you to go to YouTube and watch those uh, streams. <laughs> Very true. Oh, so, Mr. Bandai is. He Mr. Bandai <laughs> Clearly. So, any other closing thoughts, gentlemen, before we round out this section? No, yeah. I'm exhilarated to watch the second half, man. I, 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 I will say this. I hope it does. End. I don't have any closing thoughts. Uh, but, yeah, but you know what? I, I do have a closing <laughs> thought. Let me let me say this. I hope the show ends differently from the first series. I know that usually this these kind of shows end with the with the with the protagonist coming out on top. But if they lose in the final battle, I won't be butthurt about it. Matter of fact, that would be kind of brave if they they fight their heart out and they don't make it out on top in the end. But there's some kind of a takeaway that they do take from the final battle that they can you know be at peace with. I'm good with that. After school special. After school special. I, I'm good with that. I, I just at the end of the day, I want to see them so succeed. You tried your hardest. <laughs> you lost in spectacular fashion, but you tried your hardest. I do want the end to mean something, but they don't ha- necessarily have to win for me to be satisfied with the with the finale. So I, I'll put that out there. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens. All right. So you know we'll come back to try again once we've uh, reached full time, mm-hmm. yeah. so to speak. Once the series wraps up, which is not going to be too long from now so we'll have those reviews eventually and of course we're going to keep up with g reco in regular installments and we're going to take a quick break you're listening to gundam at mhq Just gotta keep on trucking, yes sir! I'm gonna go outside and make myself a nice, big, shiny, first place medal, sit in the sun, and have a stupendous friggin' day! Gum damn it! Well, alright, you're messy. Would you make me a medal too? Are you a fan of Gundam, Robotech, or Transformers? Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ, a wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, the Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. 
If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. Where's Sumire? She went home. She said she only came here to see the doer all right. Gun- Damn, the babe's leaving already! You didn't tell her anything about me, did you? Let's see, I think I mentioned that you're so behind that you needed to take summer classes or else you'd fail out. And of course I let her know that you had severe diarrhea last night. You got a problem with that? Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You've been listening to episode 157, where we had the Gundam Build Fighters Try Halftime Report. And many thanks to everybody who's been waiting a long time to hear us uh, give our impressions of the show. Um, I hope it was well worth the wait. And uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we've had a lot of fun watching the show so far. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, check it out, especially if you enjoyed the first season. You can watch it live or you can watch uh, each episode when they get posted over at YouTube.com slash Gundam Info. That's YouTube.com slash Gundam Info. And uh, also, I just want to let you guys know, because we're short on time, there won't be a mailbag this session. But we'll be oh, well, we'll be getting caught up on the mailbag real soon, guys. Hang tight. Hope you guys uh, had fun, though. And uh, when you have time, make sure to check out these websites. Head on over to where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash GundamMAHQ youtube.com slash chaos theater mahq youtube.com slash fighters ready youtube.com slash shin station fight tube and youtube.com slash shinjuku station last but not least make a beeline to shinjuku station's home for live streaming that's tinyurl.com slash shin station every week we stream live with anime commentaries like shoji ramaro's anime movie night and live podcasts like our new show barbecue night 
Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash shinstation and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that is it for this episode of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Fight one, I want you to pitch us your dream Marvel Sony solo Spider-Man film. That means cast me your Spider-Man, give me your villain, and give us your logline of what the plot is. You all had some time to prep this. We, I know you guys had to leave a little extra in this. Everyone makes sense of the question. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with, uh, my order is wrong, so but I'm just going to throw me off a little bit, but it might screw this up. But uh, Alicia, you're actually going to start just because it's going to help me. Easier. So let's see, let's see your logline. Okay, my logline is... After the war comes the real battle. Spider-Man, dealing with the consequences of revealing his true identity, must face his toughest villain yet or risk losing everyone he loves. So here's the timeline. So we get our first glimpse of Spider-Man in the post credit scene in Avengers Age of Ultron. Then we see him in Captain America 3, otherwise known as Civil War. And if you look at the comics, Spider-Man gets stuck in the middle of that fight. He ends up revealing his true identity. So the first solo Spider-Man movie will be him dealing with the aftermath of that. Because what hurts the superhero the most? Now, the thing that I have a problem with the superhero movies is the fact that at the end, big action fight sequence, you don't feel anything at stake because you know that Thor is going to appear in the next Thor movie. The thing that gets to superheroes, the thing that makes me connect emotionally to them, is when you threaten their loved ones. Spider-Man already has a lot of guilt from his Uncle Ben. He doesn't want to see anything happen to Aunt May or Mary Jane. And by revealing his true identity in Civil War, he puts them at risk. Now for the villain. The villain has to be someone we haven't seen before because we can't see another green goblin. It's got to be a fan favourite and it's got to be a supervillain. And it's got to be someone that's really fun to watch. That's why I'm pitching for the villain, the guy who appeared in issue 13 in 1964 for the first time, Mysterio, a.k.a. Quentin Beck. Hollywood, stuntman, special effects wizard, makeup artist illusionist turns supervillain. He sees Spider-Man as a weak villain, a weak hero, and he, especially after Peter Parker reveals himself to be a kid, goes after him. In one of the issues of the comics, uh, uh, Mysterio fakes Aunt May's death through illusion. So I think that could be really interesting to see. Then Mysterio goes to jail and that would team in really nicely to Sinister Six, which Sony still want to do, but they can't do it the same way they were planning to do originally. For the cast, for Spider-Man, Peter Parker, you've got to cast Young, because Marvel will want and Sony will want to lock him into many movies, have him eventually be part of the Avengers and take over from people like Rob Downey Jr., Chris Evans, people who don't want to be around for a long time. So you got to go with a good actor and you got to go with someone who can portray that wide-eyed innocence and also hold his own against some veteran actors. That's why I'm going with a guy who has been mentioned several times already, Logan Lerman. Now, if you look at Percy Jackson, not the best movies, not his fault. Look at Fury from last year. He held his own against Brad Pitt. And he showed he has that wide-eyed innocence. He's adorable. He's endearing. 
You could see why someone like Mary Jane would fall for him. You could also see him stepping up and being a hero. And for the villain, I'm casting a guy that deserves a big chance after seeing him in The Guest, where he showed he has sociopathic tendencies, Dan Stevens. He's also shown he's got the charm, Downton Abbey. He's also shown he's got the range, walk among the tombstones, and I think he needs a big shot. So there you go. Wow. Boom. I, I, was, I was followed that beautifully. That was a great pitch. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. I've heard this thing so many times I just do not understand it. Like when people are like, I was born in 1990, that came out before I was born, so it doesn't merit or I shouldn't watch it. You're basically saying that it's okay to be an ignorant idiot because you were born in a certain age. And they have this weird blank like deer in the headlights look like I'm talking about some kind of a silent movie or something. I don't want to see that. It's like three hours long. What's wrong with a movie that's three hours long? You're getting so much extra story. I don't even understand why people would complain unless the movie sucks and then we wouldn't be talking about it if it sucked. You're not going to hear about movies that are three hours long that were made in 1960 that suck. You have to kind of step up and get into it and let a movie, you know, absorb your entire presence. That's just kind of how it goes. I don't know what else to say. You know, you're born in 1990. You suck.